Welcome to the Empowering Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Kimball Lewis. Our website is empoweringparents.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and find all of our parenting content, including the Total Transformation Program, which is the number one child behavior program of all time. The Total Transformation Program was developed by child behavior expert James Lehman and is a practical step-by-step guide that provides solutions to the most difficult child behavior problems. You can sign up and begin the program today at empoweringparents.com. Our email address is mail at empoweringparents.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to the Empowering Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Kimball Lewis. This week, we are going to hear more from James Lehman directly about how to think about self-esteem and your child's behavior. What you will learn is that all those efforts to make your child feel good so that they will behave better is ineffective and basically a waste of time. Low self-esteem is never an excuse for abusive and disrespectful behavior. In fact, James argues that kids who learn to behave better will start to feel better, not the other way around. Or, as he so aptly puts it, you can't feel your way to better behavior, but you can behave your way to better feelings. This week's clip is from Lesson 1 of the Total Transformation Program, To learn more, go to www.empoweringparents.com, click on the Our Programs menu, and you can sign up for the full Total Transformation Program and work directly with one of our parent coaches today. Now, let's get on with this week's episode. So what about self-esteem? I mean, you hear a lot about self-esteem training for kids. If a child has poor self-esteem, is that a cause for this type of behavior as well? Let's look at self-esteem a minute and how you get it. Okay. Because if you're a child who's four years old, five years old, and you learn to tie your shoes, you're going to feel great self-esteem about it. But if you're a kid who's 13 and you're tying your shoes and somebody says, oh, good job, Johnny, you're not going to feel very good about it. Self-esteem comes from doing things that are difficult for you. Self-esteem comes from doing things that are a challenge to you. And a lot of these kids develop behaviors to avoid challenges. They develop behaviors to avoid feeling inadequate, to avoid feeling fear of failure. And so what happens is they don't develop self-esteem. If you're a kid with a learning disability and and you're not doing homework because somehow you have some learning disability and they exclude you from that, you're not going to develop the self-esteem that goes along with learning how to function independently. There's no school individual treatment plan. There's no school individual education plan. There's no therapy that's going to restore that sense of self-esteem. And so parents are told often or think often, if I praised him more or if I did more for him, he'd feel better about himself. And then the problems would go away. Not so. In fact, a lot of the kids that I've worked with have great self-esteem around their ability to manipulate their parents. Mm. Hmm. They feel great about that. They have great self-esteem about their ability to manipulate school teachers or to to bully other kids or to control situations. Their self-esteem is great in those areas. So it's not about self-esteem. It's about not learning how to do the things that you need to do and so then not feeling competent. You know, James, let's talk about kids with challenges for a minute. Learning disabilities, attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity. What about neurological conditions or handicaps? Now, isn't this just a whole different set of problems? If someone's learning disabled or has neurological impairments or was abused as a child or neglected and has behaviors, emotional problems emanating from that, 
and they're acting those out and they're not developing the appropriate problem solving skills and they're not learning how to function in society and they're not learning how to deal with authority, then they're in as much trouble as anyone else. You know, I did volunteer work for about four years at Wyndham Prison in Maine, where I live. And most of the guys that I worked with in there had ADHD. Most of them were hyperactive kids. A lot of them were abused. It doesn't make a difference if you don't learn how to function. Mm. The judge does not say, oh, do you have ADHD? You know, the judge does not say, oh, you had a learning disability, so then it's okay for you to break into somebody's house. It's not okay. The judge does not say, oh, you had a neurological impairment, so it's okay for you to hit your wife. That's not what he says. And so I think people with, with those kind of impairments they're in crisis. They need this more than anyone else, all right? Partly because the excuse for not performing has already been made for them, all right? And so they develop a thing called learned helplessness. I have ADHD, so I don't do homework. <laughs> you know, I had a kid one night call, call another kid. This was a sixth grader. Call another kid and make threatening statements. And when, when the police came over the house to hold him accountable, he said, I have ADHD. I can't help it. <sighs> All right. And it was a chilling thing, I think, for his parents to hear the way that he had taken this label and now made excuses for it. And by the way, he learned how to do that from them. He had heard them say, well, he has ADHD, so he can't help yelling at his teacher. He has ADHD, so he can't help not doing his homework. He has ADHD, so he can't help being disruptive. And so he internalized that and owned that. So then his thing was, I have ADHD, so I couldn't help terrorizing you. Mm. It's a lot of nonsense. I think it's important to understand that disrespectful, obnoxious, or abusive behavior is not caused by low self-esteem. It's not caused by low self-esteem. It causes low self-esteem because it's done in place of the problem-solving skills and competency that a kid develops. The acting out kind of shields him, you know what I mean, from developing those skills adequately. It's also not a sign of mental illness. I work with a lot of parents who become so concerned, is my son bipolar? Is my son hyperactive? Is he ADHD? As if, if he's bipolar, then Eureka. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay, oh, good, he's bipolar. We figured that out. <laughs> bipolar means nothing. It's a label for insurance companies, all right? So it's a medical diagnosis. They have to describe certain kind of behaviors, but what they don't teach parents is that kids with bipolar disorder still have to learn to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Kids with bipolar disorders still have to learn to obey school authority or they're not going to make it in college. Kids with bipolar disorder still have to learn how to handle a job. That just because you have bipolar disorder, the only place you get a free ride is when you're a kid. After that, when you turn 18 and when the school doors close on you, if you have bipolar disorder and you haven't learned how to compensate for things, you're going to live a life of poverty or crime. So disabilities are not an excuse for bad behavior. Not only that, I think it's important that parents not see antisocial behavior as mental illness. Mm. There's a move in our country to see stealing and lying on the part of kids and assault as a mental illness. So this isn't really criminal behavior. This, this isn't really antisocial behavior. Let's call it that. This is a mental illness. Well, you know, mental illness or antisocial behavior, it's the symptoms. It's what we see that's going to get that kid in trouble. You can steal something because you're bipolar or you can steal something because you're greedy. It doesn't matter. The law does not change. Mm -hmm. You stole something. All right. And if you don't learn how not to steal, you're going to have real problems in life.
You can hit your sister because you have ADHD, or you can hit your sister because she wouldn't give you the video game. Doesn't matter. If you keep hitting your sister, if you learn how to hit people in order to solve problems, you're going to have some real problems in life. And so I think that to say that these behaviors are caused by mental illness is not really to look at them in a way that helps you to determine what you have to do about them. Disrespectful, obnoxious, or abusive behavior is not a sign of mental illness. It's a sign of poor problem solving and an inability to control themselves. You know, James, along the same line, kids are, kids are very perceptive too. Do they pick up on parents who think it's their fault? Is it easy for a child to fall into the mindset that, yeah, I'm having a problem. My, my parents are doing a terrible job. Kids train their parents that it's their fault. Oh. <laughs> they train them. It's not that they pick up on it. We create traps that catch us three years later as parents, all right? We'll try to do something. We're just doing the best we can. We think we're being helpful, and we create this trap that catches us two years later, all right? So one of the traps that we create is the why trap. We start asking kids why they did things, all right? (laughs) And then the kids make excuses. When you say to somebody, why did you do this? You're asking them, who do you blame for this? What is your excuse for this? And so then the kid will come up and give excuses or blame somebody, and we accept that. So then what happens is when a kid does something wrong later on, to his way of thinking, all he has to do is find somebody to blame, Mm. make some excuse, and he's off the hook. And parents are the best targets to blame. Well, if you didn't look at me that way, I wouldn't have yelled. Well, you were yelling at me, and that's why I punched the wall or they blame their siblings, There's, it's always somebody's fault. And they're always the victim of somebody else. Parents come in thinking, am I too loud? Am I too soft? I don't know. Do I expect to? He always telling me that I expect too much of him. I don't know. Do I expect too much of him? You know, am I supposed to let his room smell? Am I supposed to let him hit his sisters? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to let her hit her brothers? You understand what I mean? Yes. But they've been trained by their kids to think there's something wrong with them. And many parents, if you don't have problem-solving skills, you're just going to naturally fall into that trap until at some point your kid's blaming you for everything. Thank you, James. And parents, thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Parents, if you like our content, please visit empoweringparents.com and sign up today for the Total Transformation Program. Total Transformation is the instruction manual for dealing with children and teenagers who are mouthy, disrespectful, or resistant to authority. In this step-by-step program, James and Janet Lehman show you how to change your child's behavior and take back control of your family with the exact techniques they used for over 30 years to get kids to behave appropriately. And when you sign up, add the parent coaching option and schedule your first coaching phone call today. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Parents podcast. Talk to you soon.